Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I record this from my studio, well today it's a makeshift studio at my brother's place in St Albans. I'm on auntie duty, my sister-in-law has had to travel for work and my niece is three years old, she needs to be taken to preschool, my brother just started a new job, so I'm just helping out, you know, taking her to school, it's been a fun time. Three-year-olds are a lot of fun to have conversations with, so we've been enjoying and um, they're also spending some time on Instagram Reels, so that has been fun. I'm so glad and it brings me so much joy that one of her favorite videos that makes her laugh and laugh is that of a cat video. Considering I own a cat and everybody else in my family thinks I'm weird for that, I love that I'm already bringing my niece into the whole loving cat videos crew. (laughs) Anyway, so up here in St. Albans at my brother's place, which is just a bit north of London, I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions and even if you do, then like, follow, share, retweet, and on that right, Twitter with my handle, the marketing anu, or just send me a LinkedIn um, message or, or, or join our group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup Podcast. If you're on LinkedIn, and if you're on Instagram, check us out on at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes and snippets um, from our previous episodes, promoting what episodes or topics that we're talking about in clips, and also some nice little memes that I like putting out on my Instagram stories. Today we're led again by the very consistent and amazing Julie Buccini as we discuss the PPC highs and lows that our experts have had. And we've had some very interesting ones. This was a very interesting conversation that I was happy to be a part of, even though I was multitasking, feeding my my niece at that time. (laughs) But it was really nice to see some of the answers that came in. My favorite is when we go to question four, where we discuss some of our biggest mistakes that we've had like literally you need to at least even if um you don't have time to listen to the whole this whole episode wait till you get to that questions and answers and hear some of the big boo-boos that some of us have made and how we've survived and kept going despite it all so that's i feel that's the true true a testament of resilience and knowing your worth it's not me doesn't mean you're never going to make mistakes it's just about how you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and learn and on how to never do it again so some very interesting questions very interesting answers and i really hope you enjoy the show so going on to our questions for the day we've got julie welcoming us saying hello and thank you for joining us we're discussing ppc highs and lows and to share some of our biggest wins and fails and what we've learned from so how are we doing today we've got a nice roll call i think my favorite was from steve gibson where he goes i'm doing fine i'm leaving paris tomorrow and off to the south of france how are you doing i'm like yeah not as good as you steve obviously you're enjoying your life and happy for you for that definitely <laughs> gil gildner joins us as well saying i'm doing great julia vice joins us saying good Good morning from the island. It was our Thanksgiving this weekend, so a short week means busy, busy teens. Oh, how is she going to manage? Julie's essay is doing okay. We keep having days that don't predict rain, but we have persistent mist like rain. It's so weird. Yeah. 
like some some parts of the world the weather is very weird even here i don't think we predicted rain but it rained a lot today and yeah i just want to also do like a nice little psa for all those listening and all those that might join the chat on twitter saying before we get into the questions this chat this episode is intended for ppc professionals of all level if you have something you want to share please do we are a friendly and supportive community please don't be afraid to participate lurkers are of course always welcome too so join us comment on on the episode send me your feedback or yeah if you're just going to listen away and you keep being a consistent listener Thank you. A moment to really thank you for that and being and following me on this journey and the great things that I hope to do in the near future. So yeah, let's get on to our questions. Julie asks saying, let's start with a positive. What is one of the biggest wins or successes you've had in your PPC career? What did you learn from it? And we have um, Julie herself giving us her first answer saying, I had a HVAC and plumbing client where the Google ads campaigns were so successful, we often had to turn them off to let them catch up with scheduling. Did this by focusing heavily just on terms that had super high need for a service call right now. Steve Gibson replies to something that a lot of us, including myself, resonated with. He goes, I took um, over a mature account that had been previously managed by two different big name agencies. I increased profits by 643%. In seven months, 643%, he increased profits by in seven months. I learned that big, expensive agencies aren't so hot. No, they're not. They're usually overworked, understaffed people in there. So you never know. And if the training program is not really that great within that agency, they're just a big agency without great people within there. So Steve continues, I should probably point out that fixing the structure bids, etc., only produce about 100% improvement. The other 543% was down to me using my PPC strategy. I love it when someone claims the prize and claims the, the brains behind an amazing operation. So yeah, you go, Steve. You claim that. Julia Vice replies, the whole thing, oh wow, I've had a few and the reason behind the win is different every time. The win I learned most from was a major success. During COVID, audiences plus search work folks use them. Yeah, definitely use your team. Always fantastic. As long as you've, as long as you've got a great team, obviously. And then we have Gil Gildner replying to question one going, for me, I think it's been more holistic than any single win or great campaign result. I'm very proud of the small team we've built and the level of clients we work with over the past almost five years. And yeah, Julia Vice replies to that. A good team truly is a win unlike any other. Kami Karras replies, taking on the client that was 10 times bigger than our other SMB clients and improving their sales from 1 million to 3 million per month in a year just gave us confidence in talking to bigger revenue prospects. Um, Again, I'll say that taking on the client that was 10 times bigger than our other SMB clients and improving their sales from 1 million to 3 million per month in a year just gave us confidence in talking to bigger revenue prospects. Wow, what client was that? That's huge. Lawrence Chase replies saying that I have had a few big clients who are working with some big well-known agencies. When you can improve on an account by double or, or triple digit percentages, 
that is run by a high power team previously it feels very good so yeah it's not about high power it's about about big brains <laughs> high power teams aren't always all they're cracked up to be for sure so that's um amalia fowler joining us here saying often more often can equals to more decentralization equals to more time to pivot and then from Sean Ellie, we've got um, saying got silver in the search partner awards for growing small business, used custom tracking and micro conversions to help a custom furniture client grow rapidly with the long lag between initial click and final purchase. This one took a lot of work and creative workarounds. And Sean continues similar to Julie Buccini. These guys also left about a year later chasing that green grass. Dave Galigua's replies to question one saying, I'm going with Steve Gibson on this one. I've taken some campaigns in-house and there was so much to do from the last iteration. And yeah, that was pretty much my answer to when I remember when I was with on an in-house team with a property company, one of the biggest here called Zoopla. And we, we didn't take all of our accounts in-house. I think they probably did after I left. But with one of the, my recommendations was that one of the smaller accounts to test the waters, we could take that in-house. I didn't see them really doing anything major that we couldn't manage ourselves. So we brought that in-house and even superseded performance sometimes after we brought that in. So it was a great feeling that what I recommended actually worked out. So yeah, quite happy with, about that. We've got Anders replying to question one as well, saying the one that springs to mind was one of the GA fam for the whole of France and all their brands quickly learned that the bigger the client, the more it is about organization and the less about keywords or even metrics, all about organization. Julie replies to Lawrence Chase, where Lawrence had said, yeah, this is awesome. I love that this happened with a small business where it is benefiting them so much in a reply to her answer to question one. And Julie replies to that saying, full disclosure, it did not stop them from being lured away for a while by the yellow pages offering them print plus digital, which was an unmitigated disaster that took me over a year to fix when they came back, ha, that's so funny. Julia Viceroy goes, no comment, but we should chat over a glass of something delicious one day. Wow. Lawrence replies, yeah, their sales team are pretty aggressive and you can see why a small business could get swayed, unfortunately. Cami replies, those are the worst, makes you cry. Can't imagine that has done very well for their reputation, right? Yellow Pages, when you just have sales team selling something that you can't really deliver on. And then Jordan Stark joins our the conversation, replying to question one, saying, when I started teaching as much as fulfilling on client accounts, moving into a leadership role and helping others become successful, PPC professionals has been just as fulfilling for me as seeing my clients succeed. Yeah, it's all about being a team player. And that's amazing, Jordan. Julie then takes us on to question two, saying, what is something that ended up being successful that you were not sure would work what did you learn from it i've got to give my answer to this first because i found it very interesting to be like yeah nearly every single optimization i have recommended was something that i was not sure would work because how can you really be sure of anything especially if it has to do with google automation when you're like let's try this bidding strategy or let's try this Google recommended ad copy load. I know I actually don't think I've ever done that one. <laughs> That's too far. But yeah, literally all these like automations, anything smart. Let's try the smart bidding, smart stuff. 
yeah, never sure that's going to work. So it's all about eagle eyes when you implement the solution to the point of actually I'll set a calendar reminder on a daily basis for me to check the performance of the very unsure thing that I've recommended and we've managed to get implemented. And there's then answers question two as well, saying a nice one, sending PPC traffic from Google and Facebook into Amazon, huge boost in sales. Although the attribution metrics wouldn't show this last click, don't get me going. (laughs) One of the big lessons here, real performance on cross channel traffic is hard to measure. Dave Galigua's replies to that saying, buying search traffic and sending to Amazon as an affiliate was how I got my start in PPC. Love it. Anders replies, Julie, can we do a PPC chat just about that? So much to learn. Wow. If you will help me with it, then yeah. So we're going to have a chat about affiliate traffic and sending traffic to Amazon. I'll be very interested to see how that one turns out too. Steve Gibson then replies to question two saying, I was consulting for a SaaS company that had seen a huge 300% increase in cost per click for brand searches after they'd changed to automated bidding. I told them to switch back to manual. CPC went back to normal. Wasn't sure it would work, but worth a try. Continued the lesson that brand campaigns and automated bidding don't go hand in hand. Again, brand campaigns and automated bidding don't go hand in hand. Yeah, not necessarily. I've seen it work sometimes, but yeah, I agree that mostly it wouldn't. Lawrence replies, it used to work much better until they opened up that exact match can now match to competitor terms and other stuff. I had some great success with automated bidding up until that happened. Really? For branding? And so, yeah, Steve replies, this was matching to general terms in their market, amongst other things. We also have Condor replying to question two, going Google discovery ads. Not quite sure at start, but over the time, the right segment of audience, these has given me wonderful results. Gil Gilner replies, broadly targeted, awareness-focused, pre-roll ads on YouTube. The cost per view is so cheap, great for so many clients. Jordan replies, a new broad match campaign structure. I doubted at first, but with a new build, RSA and TCPA, we've seen really good success from Google's broad match keywords recently. Lord, Google should copy this tweet and, and, and save it in the bank for anytime someone complains about broad match, which is a lot. And I'd like to go to this answer by Brad Badovsky uh, to answer question one, answering question one, going outside of individual wins for clients and the agencies I've worked for as a whole, just obtaining a job in the agency space was a huge win for me. I had all my certs and great experience, but it was a challenge to break into agency space. Every employer wanted prior agency experience. I probably had over 50 interviews. Finally, someone took a chance on me and I've been working for agencies ever since. If new to the space, don't get discouraged by rejection. Use it as a fuel to the fire. Iterate and become better. Another huge win in my career was getting to judge the 2021 Search Engine Land Awards. What an amazing experience that's been. So many compelling entries. I, I totally am with you, Brett. I, it's a big win is the fact that I've just um, finished doing my putting my judging entry search engine land awards for this year so it's so exciting and then yeah we've got um julie as well saying that this seems like a good time to reiterate that entry-level positions can't require experience they are by different definition entry level which means 
getting started i feel that might be more of an american thing than a uk thing because yeah we take graduates here we take you know people who are just starting out it will be ridiculous for anyone to require experience from entry-level roles sean ellie replies i ran into the same thing when i was getting started it's so frustrating but i feel it led me to the right agency in the end matt brooks replies man i understand the want for agency experience but that likely points to some poor systems in place to develop and train team members a good agency should be able to recognize and develop talent not just hire experience glad you found a good fit and then we have Dave Galigues replying to question two saying, I've been harping on this all year, but I've just got started programmatic stuff with the guidance of I'm Helen Parker and the team at Stack Adapt. Nice shout to Helen Parker here. I've worked with Helen Parker. I have had done a podcast episode with her. So please check out her podcast, which is the Programmatic Digest, which is an amazing podcast about yeah programmatic and she's always getting amazing guests to talk about how to do programmatic well and he he continues and the results thus far have exceeded expectations of programmatic work so test that out julia vice replies as well saying this happens almost once book program but i think the biggest learn i got was from using dating app placements campaigns based on life events it's complicated is right <laughs> hilarious lawrence chase replies saying that probably the biggest thing was automated bidding it still does not work in every case but it is always good to test i've seen it work very well for some campaigns but you still have to monitor it because it can also fall off the rails yeah monitor 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 when you're testing things you don't understand yet kamikaris replies lol so many new campaign types took years to take that nervous edge or check performance three times more frequently to learn not to be so nervous about trying new things julie replies herself saying i was skeptical about dsa campaigns in google for a long time but i have come around on them as if nothing else it gives you a really good window into what google thinks your site is about at least for the queries you can see baron replies there's not enough shade in here for you to be on brand in laris and john kagan replies to question one saying the proving that audience overlays will both save a company money and not hinder their post-click production and then we have julie taking us on to question three saying do you have a favorite go-to on any particular platform if you need to show success or moving in a positive direction Basically, a strategy or tactic that almost never fails you. A strategy or tactic that almost never fails. I'll say similar to what Digital Sam I am, or Sam, what Sam says later on, which I'll read out, is having another pair of eyes, which is pretty much what he said. And it's like just having another pair of eyes, someone else to do an audit, to help you do an audit, especially if you're an in-house. It's something I've experienced that people in my team, when I used to work in-house, used to have issues with. And I'm like... If you have trust for each other, if you trust that you're not, it's not people trying to get you, trying to, you know, shove you out of your job. It is a good thing because it can really give some great insight or a new opportunity to revive your accounts. Gil Gilner replies to question three saying, give us a traditional Google ad search campaign, five ad groups, three expanded text ads each. Uh, text expanded text ads is being sunsetted but yeah and we can make almost any campaign start ticking uh yeah he's gonna need to come up with a different solution 
outside of expanded text ads very soon. I've got Kamikaris replies until next June. I was thinking the same thing Gilgun says, unfortunately, but at least then we'll all be in the same sinking boat. <laughs> Lord, not much trust in our essays, eh? Anders replies, not one single one, but basically I prefer these pure forms. Facebook boosts, Google just search, Google just maps, Amazon sponsored products, just keywords. And in response to question two, we've got Brett going, switching from one vendor to Sky Commerce, so S-K-A-I Commerce. At the time, the platform we had access to felt antiquated. The switch was an expensive and resource intensive choice, but it proved to be worthwhile. The team quickly saw the time savings and performance increases it provided. And he continues, this helped reiterate the fact that with enough research and planning, doing something that might seem scary can still be very worth doing. The upfront work is so important to the success of your clients or agency. And then we have Sean Ellie replying to question three saying, using a tiered strategy in shopping, I was worried with search query data going away. This may not work anymore, but we are still seeing wins every time we implement this. Julia Vice replies, demand capture needs demand generation. If you're running a clicks campaign, run some awareness, video display, discovery, something to increase the amount of searches you can capture. And then we have Sam replying to question three, saying, honestly, not a specific tactic. We work across a ton of industries and there's a lot of nuance, but in terms of process, absolutely. Do an in-depth audit, plus go through the ad experience yourself. Or if you can't be self-critical, get someone else to do it. We've had some clients where leads weren't converting. And when we went through the above, we found out the email team wasn't sending emails to web leads for reasons work backwards from the business problem to the paid media problem. I think too many people or agencies try to work forward and that leads to a lot of dead ends and frustrations. Identify the core problem, confirm it is an issue, then work backward to identify solutions plus plan to validate. So Julie replies to question three saying, fixing setting issues is the earliest first step almost every time I take over an account. Conversion tracking working properly. Geographic targeting and or exclusions is a big one. So is ad scheduling. Audience exclusions on social is as important as targeting. And then Julia Weiss replies, yes, exclusions are almost more important than the main targeting. If your negative strategy doesn't include audiences, please consider adding them. And we have Lawrence replying to question three saying sponsored product ads in Amazon 100%. I don't believe I have ever seen them not do well for a brand yet, knock on wood. And we have Kami Karras replying to question three saying just when we think we have one, Google changes something so drastically in the past two years, it's hard to land on any anymore. And then we have Steve Gibson replying to question three saying it depends on what the client's bottleneck is. Often their bidding is screwed up and all you need to do is redirect money from underperforming keywords to high performing keywords. That's a common, quick and easy win. 
And then Julie takes us on to probably my favorite question of this episode, which she goes switching gears now to the hard lessons. What is one of the biggest mistakes or fails you've had in your PPC career? Now, I'm not going to start with mine. I'm going to start with some of our other answers. So Gil Gilnig sets us off saying one of the first clients we had in our first year in 2017, and we mixed up currency conversion and added a zero and overspent by $8,000 in one day. This was basically our entire monthly company revenue at the time. Rough, but we never did that again. Yeah, those are interesting lessons that you think to yourself, well, that will never happen again. Julia Vice replies, the budget errors cause the most heartburn. Peter replies, did something similar, thinking an account was in a different currency, expensive lesson. And then we have Julia Vice going, oh man, so many. But on the theme of the biggest learn, rushing takes more time than launching late. Exactly. Manual QA is the best prevention and small human errors are likely to cause the biggest problems. Check and check again. Have second pairs of eyes, three pairs of eyes on anything, especially a large account or a large implementation that you're putting out or large budgets that you're setting live. Julie replies, I was working on a new account for a client that had a COVID product. The ads would not serve due to Google ads policies, forgot to pause everything before we stopped working on it. And they started serving and spending like crazy one day. Made it right, but ouch. Yeah, it's always ouch. Sean Ellie replies, took my eyes off an account for four days. New laws passed that caused a huge increase in clicks. Clients spent 50K in those four days. Hat tip to Google's, you can spend more than your budget nonsense. Yes, you can spend up to two times your campaign daily budget. So always watch out for that. I built a large dashboard to keep an eye on KPIs every day for every account. I'm sure he'll never make that mistake again. Dave Galigwes replies, my fails would probably be starting out zoomed in too much small audience or poor results or zoomed out too far, too general, wasted budget but we can course correct earlier, easier in PPC land, which is helpful. Steve Gibson replies, it would be taking over a campaign with a terrible structure and doing a teardown job that made performance even worse. I learned that just because something should work doesn't mean it will work and that old ads can have built up goodwill than new ads Lawrence replies yes to this. I had to get over my wanting things to be structured well when taking over accounts. If it is not broken, do not fix it. Ah, the if it's not broken situation, yeah. So yeah, the structure is already in good, doing well. Don't think that a new solution is going to perform extremely well. Sit with it, learn with it, see what works, and then tear down the rest. And then we have Sam replying to question four saying, forgot that Microsoft campaigns import now pulls in budgets even when manually overridden from Google. First, you suck, Microsoft. Second, yeah, that was suboptimal. Third, yay for Adalysis picking it up quickly. Dave replies, been there. Sam replies, I was unamused. Bad Microsoft ads. Very, very bad. We have then Lawrence Chase replying saying, taken over an account and did not change the daily spend limits one time. Previous agency probably had their own tool to manage spends outside Google, assuming. Always set those guardrails as my first order of business now. 
And then we have Anders replying to question four as well, saying losing a major client from too good performance. Too good performance. What is that? It was a performance client with revenue share where our deal was too good and it ended up being in decent amounts of money. So they left. Such a sad ending to a wild love story. Bless him. Girl replies, we have had this happen a couple of times, mostly when they decide to create an in-house PPC team because their new channel is working so well. In both cases, I've even helped them hire or interview our own replacement. And Julia Vice replies, disappointing, but that's word of mouth you can never buy. I hope they're still referring clients to you. And Gil replies saying, yes, they still are. Okay, so I won't keep you in suspense anymore. <laughs> I'll reply to my, give my reply to question four where I said, hmm, do I dare? So I once set the max EPC for competitor keywords. So inefficient keywords where it's going to be expensive for us anyway. I put the max CPC to be 20 pounds instead of 20 pence. So it was 20.00 instead of 0.20. Oh Lord. So um, when I made it, when I noticed it after it had been posted for a few hours, I talked to my manager immediately. Thankfully, we were under spending previously on that account. So it kind of did push up that spend. And at the end of the day, my manager was actually quite happy. He thought I maybe had done it vindictively because I was leaving the agency not too long after that. But no, it definitely wasn't. That's not my style at all. But yeah, obviously conversion rates was poor. And I have to say, P.S., this was a long time ago. These are not the kind of mistakes I make anymore. My learning um, process for that one was when setting up CPCs, especially that's directly related to cost, stare at it for a good couple of minutes or more even um, before posting and then get another pair of eyes to check, preferably before posting, but at least just after posting. I definitely want to give some more answers to question four. We've got Melissa McKee who says bidding on the key on the word keyword, literally on the word keyword. I had copied a column in Excel and forgot to exclude the column header blew through the whole daily budget on that one keyword. Yeah. It's so annoying when you do drag down and it just copies and I'm always looking for that. Even if I'm trying to copy, I always double check. I've copied the right thing or sometimes when I want to fill like literally go from one to two to three to four or just you know you know fill by a, def a, a certain series sometimes it copies so I always need to check that so yeah always be wary about when you're importing from Excel so yeah those are our fun question four stories so yeah going on to question five now Julie asks us what is something that ended up being unsuccessful that you thought for sure would work. What did you learn from it? I'm sure a lot. So let's see what those were. And we start with Jordan Stark, who replies, this honestly still happens to me all the time, but I wouldn't do it any other way. You have to keep trying new things and experimenting or you will get left behind. Gil Gilner replies, sometimes you just know Google shopping ads will work for a great company with a great website and a great product and it doesn't. What have we learned from this? Test everything. And then Lawrence replies to question five saying, I love to test. So I usually go in optimistic on every test. I want everything to be successful. The toughest things are the ones that work really well for some brands, but underwhelm for others. Video is a great example of this. 
And then Julie replies to question five saying LinkedIn ads are not a guaranteed success for B2B advertisers. It can be easy to think they will be, but it takes a specific strategy to be successful on that platform. Can vary even within same industry where it works for one but not another. Julia Vice replies, you know what? Pinterest has not been great for traffic lately, particularly in the home decor category. Pinners seem to want to stay on Pinterest, so awareness for luxury products has been way more successful than traffic this year. Condor replies, question five says, saying ad customizer thought it will definitely improve the CTR, but in some campaigns, it hasn't. And then we've got Julie taking us on to second to last question of the evening. Um, asking, is there a strategy or tactic that you've had enough bad experiences with that you essentially never do or recommend it? Steve replies to question five saying, see my answer to question four, made a ton of best practice. In my experience, changes to a terrible account structure and it bombed. To question six, Julia Vice replies, audience expansion and audience networks on social platforms. That's a real quick no for me. Gil replies, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but Facebook ads, you're not going to get flack for this, Gil. I don't think Facebook ads works for everybody. <laughs> and yeah, Jordan Stark definitely agrees with you on that one. Steve Gibson's replies, most automated bidding. That's one thing I also replied to for question six and saying auto apply Google ads recommendations. Need I say more? So no. <laughs> Jordan Stark replies, every day facebook gets further and further away from the light of god <laughs> i'm not done with it i just hate it wow that's a strong statement and then lawrence chase replies to question six saying even google's recommendation of doing broad match with smart bidding i won't totally throw away i will always test and see what works as long as i can control the budget and measure the outcome a late one, but I'll still accept it. Brett Badovsky from, from answering question four, and he goes, a big mistake in my PPC career was launching a new campaign on a Friday. Never do that. I'm already seeing red lights from that <laughs> one phrase already. Anyway, launching a new campaign on a Friday and not checking it over the weekend to make sure all was well. Learned it's not the wisest move to launch on Fridays. If you do, it's important to be vigil vigilant to ensure it runs as expected. Very true. And then we go back to our answers to question six. Julie gives us one saying GDN or Google Display Network has been awful for me so much lately. I have trouble recommending it beyond remarketing. Automated bidding for low volume accounts is also quite bad. Yup, I said it. Yeah, we all say it, Julie. Definitely very bad. Why don't they just let us exclude apps? Jordan replies, for the love of all that is holy, make GDN relevant again. Why do I have to select all 140 plus app categories that are all individually hidden in drop downs and then the apps still come through? It never ends. Julie replies, I shout this into the void a lot. It's hard to not feel that the answer is revenue. Make you take the crap to get the stuff you want. That equation is too out of balance for my clients right now for the most part. So we are passing on GDN. Sean replies, remarketing has even been struggling for me. I've, I've had to double check all the settings multiple times. 
And then we go on to the last question of the day. We've got Julie asking, is there a strategy or tactic that you really want to try, but you are nervous about it? What makes you nervous about it? What would make you try it? And I'll even give my answer straight away here. And I've always been thinking of Quora. I've been having Quora ads on my mind for a while now. Gilgilner replies to it as well, saying, I want to try billboards. Yeah, old-fashioned billboards with trackable urls and ridiculous messaging they are so cheap these days are they define cheap lawrence replies postcards catalogs and a lot of those older mediums are performing very well for some brands so i would expect billboards for local brands would possibly do well also and then we have lawrence replying to question seven saying doing tiktok ads the brands i work with are all very nervous about trying to put together content for it but i would love to test it out and we have jordan stark rep replying to question seven saying more programmatic there are just so many platforms and it feels too similar to gdn to feel good about and then just a final one from anders who replies saying so here is the big native e-commerce strategy that i want to give a go Run Google ads to Shopify store and then Facebook ads to a Facebook shop and then Amazon ads to Amazon listings, then homogenize messaging, pricing and promotions and avoid channel spill. We've got a reply to that from Dave saying nice, then pitch your findings to Thrasio, Perch HQ or the like. I'd read that ebook. And his replies, no, actually, I might keep those findings for myself and the chosen few. So that is it for this week. Thank you very much for um, joining us today and um, hope you found this talk very useful, taking some great takeaways or even had a little bit of a giggle at some of our epic fails that we've had in our careers. Everyone has them. I'm always about mistakes. Make sure you're the first one to figure them out. Make sure you have a solution by the time you come to the client with them and they will trust you for the future. So you can always come back from this. Also want to be say a big gratitude for those who have listened to the end. I've had a bit of a sore throat. You might have um, caught some of that or just not heard a few words or they might have gone a little bit light, but I'm sure you've caught the gist of a lot of what I've said. If you've had any feedback, if you have any questions about anything that's been said or anything that you didn't quite understand, please do get in touch with me. My Twitter DMs are open on the handle The Marketing Anu or join our LinkedIn. We've got the BPC Chat Roundup group. So please just send a request. We'd love to have you on there. And finally, remember for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.